to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? The blackest dies. Oh, God. Come on! Welcome back to the Skewered Universe podcast. My name is Jeff. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. Check my driver's license. My name is Jeff. And I'm Lan. Thank you. And we're back. Two weeks in a row, people. She's cracking herself up over that one. <laughs> yeah, I really am. <laughs> and this week... We're going to be talking about the 2021 Mia da Costa directed Candyman. But before we dive into that, we did rewatch the original last night. Just as sort of a refresher. So Leanne, what are your thoughts on the original? Did you did you like it? Did you enjoy the story at all? Yeah, I like it. I like movies about um You know, stuff. Urban legends. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Myths, urban legend stories. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't seen it for a number of years, and I was really, really impressed with how well it holds up. It's still really good. I can't tell if... It, <clears throat> excuse me. I can't tell if he likes her or doesn't like her because he's seducing her but also wants her to die and suffer. I think it's a little bit of both, because a lot of it kind of gave me those, like, Hellraiser vibes a bit. Same. Where it's like, look, I'm going to entice you with the pleasure, but just so you know, there's also going to be immense pain. Yeah. So I'm curious where this is going to go. Yeah, apparently this one is just listed as a sequel to the original in the now gentrified Chicago where the legend began. So it is not a reboot, it is not a remake, it is not a requel, as some people say. It's a sequel to Candyman. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it probably does away with the couple of sequels that were made, which are garbage. You don't need to watch them. Anyone listening, you don't need to watch them. Biggest problem I have with those sequels is they keep retconning the origins of Candyman. The first one is... He was the son of a guy who patented a machine to make shoes. They were very well off. He was an artist, was commissioned to paint the portrait of a rich landowner's white daughter. They fell in love. And because white people back then were blatantly racist. Oh, wait, still happens now. Sorry, I'm just going to say it. They hired a crew to cut off his hand and douse him with honey and kill him by bee stings. In the later sequels, it was changed where then they shoved the hook in his hand or they did other things. I don't know. It was just like, you're changing the origin again? I didn't understand it. But yeah. Watch the original from 92. It's really good. The acting is solid. I like that little kid, Jake, that was helping Helen's character go through the project and kind of find, figure things out. He was a smart kid. Yeah, he's really likable. He had a, there was a sympathy to his character. You felt bad because this kid just kind of seems like he's living on his own. But I do, I do like the one line and I've heard it for years and it always makes me laugh is when the one guy walks in when she's taking pictures in the bathroom. Heard you looking for Candyman, bitch. I don't know why I like that line so much. It's just funny. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Were you anticipating this movie? Are you excited to see the new one? 
I'm indifferent. Indifferent? Yeah, sorry. No, 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 that's fine. You're you're allowed I'm to be e- indifferent. I'm excited to watch a good horror film, because I like them, but I'm not necessarily a fan. It's not like I saw this a million times. I've seen it maybe once, I think twice now. Okay. Okay, yeah, I was I was excited for it, but... I tend to keep my expectations low with these things, but everything I've heard is that it's a really solid movie. I haven't listened to any reviews because once it came out, like within weeks, everyone was talking about it all over the place. Podcasts, the internet. So I stayed away, and that's why I kind of held back on doing this episode. Now, one other thing I want to say before we dive into our review here, because you guys know how this goes. We're going to watch, and we're going to come back. And then we're going to watch, and then we're going to come back. You know, our little back and forth that we do here, patented by the Skewered Universe. Next week, I'm teasing it now up front. I'll tease it again at the end. I am doing a wrestling episode. I have potentially four guys coming on. Two who you've heard on the podcast before. Two who have never been in the Skewered Universe. And I'm really excited to get these guys together. We're going to talk some pro-wrestling motherfuckers. That's right. Inside the squared circle, we're going to talk about stunners, flatliners, code reds, anything. Spanish flies, whatever. It's pro-wrestling next week, baby. Elian, is there anything else you'd like to say before we move on into the review? Or is there anything you'd like to touch on that maybe you've watched, read, listened to? Well... Yeah, I just wanted to mention that I watched a movie called The Giver. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's basically a... It is. It was done in 2014, PG-13, drama, romance, sci-fi. And it's basically a world where they get rid of emotions. Kind of similar to Equilibrium. Ooh, okay. And basically, each person is given their job for life. And this one kid is given the job of receiver. Okay. And he gets his knowledge and wisdom from the one that came before him. And they call him the giver. Oh, that makes sense. The giver, the receiver. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it was pretty decent. I like when there's sort of, I don't want to say dystopian futures, but futures where they're like, look, emotions don't do us any good. So let's suppress them. Yeah. Because we saw how well that worked out in Equilibrium. Yeah, it always backfires. (laughs) Yeah, I, I really have nothing. I haven't watched anything. I mean, I watched an Avengers movie not long ago again, because why not? Oh, the main star of this new Candyman movie. Now, I may butcher the pronunciation of his name here. It is Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. You, Leanne, might remember him as the friend who brought over the video game in the Black Mirror episode, Striking Vipers. Oh, that's exciting. I first recognized him before I had seen that episode of Black Mirror as Black Manta from the Aquaman movie. Oh, okay. He is a solid actor, so I'm looking forward to his performance in this to see what we get. Also, up front, I'm going to apologize if you guys hear a slight noise in the background. It is the PS4. Uh, Long story short, I have to replace some thermal paste at some point on some components. I'm going to do my best to clean it up in the editing. But basically, this is what we're using to watch the movie. Yes. Because it is available on Vudu. But we'll tell you all that after we give our thoughts and our final thoughts at the end of the show. But until then... Leanne. What? Will you be my victim and watch this Candyman movie with me? (laughs) Yes! It was always you, Leanne. All right, guys, we'll see you back in just a few. 
Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. First 15 minutes in, we are back at Cabrini Green. That makes me happy. Because I love that setting. What are you thinking so far, Leanne? I don't want to give too much of the story away in case anyone hasn't seen it. Well, there are three things I've liked so far. Number one, the paper puppets. Oh, they're so good. Like, who even thought of that? That is so creative. It was well done, because they were retelling the story of Helen Lyle from the original Candyman, but it was all done with these paper puppets, and it was so good. Yeah, and they keep using it throughout. The second thing I like is the soundtrack. I'm really digging the music. It's really good music. And the third thing is he put her in her place when they were talking about places being gentrified Mm -hmm. and how they clear people out and then build up around it. And he goes, oh, kind of like this place. She's like, damn. Yeah. Out. Yeah. The boyfriend of our main character's girlfriend's brother put her in her place when they were talking about the gentrification and basically white people tearing down the ghetto and rebuilding because they realized they built the ghetto. Yeah. And they're living in this really new, <laughs> nice apartment. And yeah, he called her out on it. It was great. What I like too is that they're kind of getting right to right to it with our main character, Anthony, the artist, immediately becoming enthralled with the story of Cabrini Green and Helen Lyle and the story, the urban legend that has surrounded her now. Because the story is not factual from what we've seen in the original Candyman. It has been twisted around and she's made out to be this huge villain. Ah, oh, but it's so good. The paper puppets, I, I had heard about that and I'm like, Okay, I want to see what this is. Now that I've seen it, I'm like, that is such a good device. Yeah, I really like it. Instead of flashbacks, flashbacks and clips from the original movie. Flashbacks. Right. I don't know. I don't know. All the talk of gentrification has screwed up my, my verbiage. Oh, God. Forgive me, people. Forgive me. But anyway, so far... We're digging it. Yeah. So I think we're going to jump back in here, and we'll talk to you guys in just a minute. To visit our snack bar and treat yourself to some delicious Castleberry's pit-cooked barbecue sandwiches. Cook the Castleberry way slowly over open pits of glowing charcoal, then seasoned with a sauce that's zesty, yet delightfully mild to please the entire family. Also at the snack bar, you'll find popcorn and soft drinks and candy and french fries to go with your Castleberry's barbecue sandwiches. There's plenty of time before the movie starts, so visit our snack bar right now for Castleberry's pit-cooked barbecue sandwiches. Another 15 minutes in. And, oh man. What are you thinking so far, Leanne? I liked it. He's a struggling artist. I do too. It works for me. The other thing that I see is there's kind of a parallel between our artist character and the grad student character from the first one. Both infatuated by the stories of Cabrini Green and then finding out about the legend of the Candyman. One thing we didn't touch on was the very opening of the movie. Started in 1977, where we see a kid going to do laundry, and he encounters a man holding out a handful of candy with a hook for a hand. Very, very reminiscent of what we know as the Candyman. 
He was smiling a lot, too. And it was fucking creepy. But I don't want to say any more because what happens with that story when Anthony, the artist, goes and finds out later is actually very important to the story, I feel. The other thing that kind of clicked for me, and it's, it's a theory, I could be wrong. Anthony was the name of the baby that was abducted by Candyman in the original 92 film. Our artist is named Anthony. I think it's the same person grown up. I like that theory. I I don't know if it is, but I kind of got to chill down my spine because I realized when they kept calling him Anthony and I went, wait a minute, so you need to call your mother. This and that. I'm like, what? Uh, uh, uh? I'm getting chills thinking about it right now because I'm like, oh, if they're tying it all together, that's fucking brilliant. So far, it's really good. I like it. He's kind of following the same path as her, but not the same. He's an artist, so he's taking inspiration from these stories and creating his art. He's misunderstood, just like she was. Yes, very much. So it's it's similar beats, but different enough that it's fresh. Ugh. I'm, I'm full in on this. Same. Alright, we're gonna jump back in. Because this movie's good, so far. And the next time we come back, we'll be 45 minutes in. Yes. Alright, talk to you guys in a bit. As everyone knows, rainbows usually have a treasure at the end. Let's follow this one and see if we can find the pot of gold. Brother, I suppose you've come to claim a treasure. Well, we'd like to see the gold first. Ethan, there's better than gold in here, me lad. No, no, just look here, no. Candy, refreshing soft drinks, popcorn, ice cream. Well, that's some treasure, but anyone can buy luscious treats like these at the snack bar. You don't tell me. Uh, do you suppose you could get me a job as a snack bar attendant? Show starts in five minutes. Oh, man, is this getting so much better. Oh. Tell me how you really feel. I'm creaming over this movie so far. I meant anything but that. <laughs> no, I'm I'm really digging it. The tension is good. I like the fact that when they were in the museum and the two people were getting hot and heavy, you could see his reflection in everything. But he was invisible. His reflection, his shadow. The Candyman, by the way. They summoned him, being stupid. And I say that as someone sitting on the outside watching the movie going, don't say his name. We know what's going to happen to you. And we didn't touch on that uh, Anthony got a bee sting when he was out taking pictures of areas, very much like Helen was doing in the first movie. And his hand is having some sort of weird reaction. They keep showing it, and I'm trying to figure out exactly where it's going. I have an idea, but I don't want to say. In case it spoils something for me later on, I may be spoiling myself, but I'm not going to say it in case it spoils you. Oh. What they've done, him going and getting the file and tape recorder of Helen's old research, listening to the story of Ruthie Jean from the first... This is tying everything together so well. The critic is finally uh, seeing that, oh, his work is very good. Yeah, after the murders happened and they said, you know, Anthony's name on television and his art piece, and he was smiling about it like, oh, they, they said the name of my work. They said my name. And his girlfriend and her brother are looking at him like, are you stupid or something? Murders happened. Uh, it's it's really good. That elevator scene for me, that was tense. Yeah? Yeah. Just everything that happened. You found a piece of candy. With a razor blade. Ugh. I'm liking what they've done because it's so it's such a fresh take on the story, but I like that it is almost a direct sequel to the original. Yeah. 
taking place years later after the story of Candyman has kind of faded a bit and this story of Helen Lyle and what she did, her going crazy, going on a rampage, killing all these people. And now we circle back where the story of Candyman is now once again becoming in the public eye because of Anthony's work. He's doing a series based on it. He wants everyone to know. Ugh, I love it. I'm loving it. We're 45 minutes in. This movie's only an hour and a half, meaning we only have 45 minutes left. A lot can happen. Yeah. And I I don't want this to turn out to be a movie where we're positive now and by the end we're like, uh. But I've had movies do that to me before. I'm sure you have as well. Yeah. So I'm trying to keep my expectations for the rest of the movie low, but it's hard when everything I've seen so far is done chef's kiss almost perfectly. Anything else you'd like to add, Leanne? No. Alright. We're going to get back to it. See ya. It's intermission, it's intermission. It's intermission, it's intermission. Ice cream, candy, lemonade, too. And there's a hot dog waiting for you. The popcorn's poppin' and it's ready to go. You know all the great food is still in the show. Get up out your seat and get yourself a tasty treat down at the snack bar. Snack bar. We're back. Another 15 minutes in. It's picking up. Yeah. It's picking up a lot. I I neglected to mention something that we found out that Anthony's girlfriend, who is... I believe she's an art dealer or an art curator for a gallery. Helps him get his work in shows. Uh, She's also got a pretty fucked up past. Because her dad was also a tortured, misunderstood artist who killed himself. Which, why she would want to go into the art game after that, I don't know. But doesn't give too much away. It's just something noteworthy that both these people have come, well, presumably Anthony has come from some twisted past. In my head, that's what I'm thinking. She definitely has, and they've come together in this world of art once again. Oh, man. Leanne, what are you thinking? I'm really liking it. Especially where we're at right now. We're about to see some teenage children die, hopefully. Yes, Stupid high school kids summoning Candyman in the middle of the school day. Yeah. I I tried to summon Bloody Mary when I was a kid. When I was in the school bathroom. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to say Bloody Mary three times. So I said it three times. And there was nobody else in the bathroom. But one of the stalls flushed. Fuck that. Yeah. I never had the balls to actually do it. <laughs> I did listen to a podcast years ago where they were doing like a sleepover thing and they were doing a bunch of games. So they were doing Bloody Mary and then I think another one was Blackbeard. I don't know. I think there's so many of these legends. You say the name in the mirror or say some phrase in the mirror. It's supposed to summon them and they kill you. I never had the balls to do Bloody Mary. I think I said it like twice and then was like, nah, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. Now I feel like living today. It's like, you know, I don't really believe in it, but on the off chance that I'm wrong... Just in case. Yeah. I think I did say Candyman five times in a mirror after I saw the original, just because I was like, 
Yeah, I bet it wouldn't really happen. But it didn't, of course, because it's a movie. It's a story by Clive Barker. But, oh. But we're this... also learning that it's not a person. It's, it's like a collective thing, almost like an entity that has passed from Daniel Robitaille, who was the original Candyman. I see it as a collection of all the times this has happened. And every time it happens, this entity gets a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger. And it's basically the, the concept behind what happened to them. Right. And I, I think it's also sort of an allegory for the systemic racism. Yeah, that's Blacks kind of killing what I blacks, mean. whites not really paying attention, gentrification, all of that. And I don't think it's heavy-handed. They could no. have gone heavy-handed. I think it's done very well. It's not hitting you over the head with anything, in my opinion. And we got more paper puppets. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about Daniel Robitaille. I I enjoy those paper puppets. They're kind of creepy, but they're really, really cool at the same time. I, I just like that it's artsy and creative when this isn't necessarily an artsy, creative movie. Yes, it's about an artist, but the movie itself is kind of a typical horror theme. Right. But the fact that they're adding these paper puppets gives it a whole different feel, and I really dig it. It's so much better than just creating flashbacks or getting old footage from other movies or trying to recreate footage with actors. It's unique. It's what I love. It's one thing I love about this movie. That, and I like the fact that we're seeing Anthony's descent into madness. He's now seeing the Candyman reflection. Basically, instead of seeing his reflection, he's seeing himself as... The Candyman. And the version he's seeing is the guy that was beaten to death by the cops in one of the stories that was told. I won't tell you what story. You gotta find out for yourself if you haven't seen it, but... Oh, man. It's... It's so good so far. I'm really looking forward to seeing these kids die. Obnoxious assholes. (laughs) The deaths in this are so grisly. Yeah, they're good. It's very much in line with the 1992 film, because those deaths were gory and grisly as well. They're not shying away from it here, and I'm enjoying that. Because there's so many movies that could be like, well, we're going to imply it, we're going to show you a little blood, and then we're going to cut away. Yeah. They're like, nope, these bodies were completely eviscerated by a hook. Here's what it looks like. Oh, the gorehound in me is so fucking happy. Links, it sounds like it's angry. <laughs> angry happy. It's a happy rage. <laughs> happy rage. All right, we're going to get back to it, guys. Let's watch these kids die. Yeah, we're going to see some kids die. Die, teenagers, die. Hey, son of a gun, it's refreshment time. Trypophobia warning. Yes, very much so. Because Anthony has something happening to him that is very much unholy yet holy. <laughs> yeah. Holy is in holes, not Jesus-y. But holy shit. A lot of kids die in this movie. A lot of kids. Because kids are dumb and do stupid shit. Like say Candyman's name five times in a mirror. I don't feel bad for him. I don't know. What? You're going to tempt fate by summoning an urban legend? 
because uh, it's not real. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. There's a hook in your ass. I literally just got done <laughs> telling you I did that as a kid. I know. I'm, <laughs> what an asshole. I'm being funny. I'm trying to be funny. No, it was it was brutal. Those deaths were brutal. We didn't see a whole lot, but... Ooh. Yeah, they like to keep it either off screen or skewed somehow or in the shadow or really small. With the exception of the first two in the gallery. Yeah. They showed the girl getting her throat ripped like right in camera. And then the other guy getting killed pretty much right there. That one lady got killed in her apartment as it's as the camera's panning away from the building, you see her like levitating and essentially being thrown yes. around the room. Slammed into her sliding glass door to her balcony. Ugh. Where this is going is not where I expected. But it kinda is ugh. because you called you called something that was happening. Yeah, yeah. And if you've seen the original, you'll you'll put the pieces together when they fall into place. But where we're at now, this is not what I was thinking. It's it's gone a little batshit, but it makes sense when you think back to that original film and what was happening. I also like that it it's both kind of it has a a retro feel to it, but it's also a futuristic feel. It's modern and vintage at the same time. Yeah. It's... I I don't know the words to qualify it, but it's, it's brilliantly done. Yeah. There were three screenwriters on, on the movie. It's good videography as well. Oh, the cinematography is great. So, Nia DaCosta, who directed, also was writing on the screenplay, along with Wynn Rosenfeld and Jordan Peele. Oh, okay. So, I'm like, okay, okay. They they came together and created something that is fantastic. And I think I have an idea as to, like, the children and why children keep getting murdered. Well, because they're stupid and naive. It's not that they're stupid. They're just naive. They don't know any better, right? And I think because Candyman is not a person, it's a concept of the gentrification and racism and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's basically, one of the characters said, it's it's a cycle. It's going to keep happening and we're stuck and things are never going to change. And I think maybe the fact that all these kids are dying... They're all innocent. They all don't know any better. I think maybe that has to say, like, a correlation with kids in real life. I think you're right. The loss being of, caught. The loss of in innocence this. being caught in a cycle of violence and racism and whatnot. It's affecting the children the most. It does make a lot of sense. I didn't even think about that. That makes sense. Because if you think about it, Candyman, or the original that started the cycle of Daniel Robitaille, he was innocent of doing anything wrong. He just happened to fall in love with a white woman and got her pregnant. He was stripped of any innocence he had by these guys who killed him. So it does make sense that now these children would lose their innocence in a violent manner in this perpetuating cycle of death and trauma, which harkens to gentrification, systemic racism, and all of that. We're really getting deep on this. And also the fact that I think with the adult kills, they're more graphic, but when it comes to all the kids, it's been off screen. It has. And I think that goes to that as well. Right. I did appreciate the way it was done, though, because they only showed, once again, the we blood. only saw the blood. And the reflection of Candyman just kind of floating around doing his thing. Yeah. There's, there's one thing I really like, and I I think you've caught it. As we all know, Candyman, bees, they go hand in hand, or hand in hook. But um, 
anytime there's a bee and it's near a mirror, it just like starts tapping. But if you've watched the last time in the bathroom where those girls got murdered, the bee flew up to a compact mirror, tapped a few times and then flew into the mirror and then went to Candyman's reflection and like rejoined him. Oh, I didn't catch that. I'm like, ooh, that, that's, it's little things like that that I like. So I'm like, that's a touch of just like, oh, that's messed up because there is something otherworldly going on. Yeah. And the the innocent girl in the stall who was just listening to her headphones and saw the carnage happening underneath the door, saw the bee and saw the reflection and was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, we got 15 minutes left. Let's close it out. Let's close it out, and then we'll come back and give our final thoughts. Yeah. And whether or not we recommend it. Although, I'm pretty sure you know where we're going to lean. But uh, you never know. we've come to the end of the film man that ending puppet sequence is really intense it's intense and it, it may sound weird but it's beautiful at the same time the way they told those stories of each of the different victims who were resurrected as the Candyman. It gave us all the stories of those, not Daniel Robitaille, but the others in history. Ugh. And then we even got a thing at the end saying how we can look up resources on how to help. With racial injustice and other things. Yeah. I appreciate that, because something needs to be done. This movie really had a lot to say, and I hear it loud and clear. Very loud and clear. And I can't speak to any of it being a white man in his 40s. I, I don't understand it, so I want to learn more about what I can do to help. Support black-owned businesses. Damn straight. But aside from that, the ending sequence of this movie? Oh my god. I give it a B plus. Oh. Get it? <laughs> Out of five Bs, how many Bs do you give it? A bazillion. <laughs> okay. Insert rim shot here. Yeah, I I rate this movie high on the list. I want a physical copy in my library someday. Five out of five Bs for me. Yeah. And, uh, the end where we get the tell everyone what we see happens. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Oh, I'm not going to say. Cause it, it's, it's kind of a major spoiler when you see what happens, but yeah. Oh, that ending, it was it was good, but it was powerful with what happened with the cops coming in and everything. It's like, yeah. Super intense. And you see it and you're like, I can seriously see that happening. Fabricating stories to fit their own narrative. Oh, it does. It happens all the time. And it's... Uh, as a horror movie, as a supernatural slasher, this movie is fantastic. As a horror movie... That is a supernatural slasher that has a message to say. It is even better in my opinion. It kind of reminds me of Get Out. Where Get Out was this very psychological, you know, fucked up thing. But there's an underlying message. And it's not them hitting you over the head with this thing. It's just, we're just going to show it to you. 
there wasn't all these like things where everyone was talking about it all the time. They basically said, Candyman is what we use to explain what's happening. It's like, oh, okay. Plus, I really like horror films that focus on humanity, because humanity is the real monster. That's true. That's the truth of the matter. I mean, when you break it down, we're our own worst enemy. We're the monsters under the bed. We're the creatures lurking in the shadows. We're the entity in your closet. And we look like normal people. Mm-hmm. It, not to get off track, but it's kind of like, what was that, uh, there's a Twilight Zone episode, the monsters on whatever street or something like that, and they're just people. Yeah. Seth, I mean, Rod Serling knew it way back then. And, yeah. This movie's message, I think, is like, can we just stop all the bullshit and stop killing ourselves and stop with racial injustice? Because we're all just trying to live our lives. And I'm going to recommend this as a horror movie for anyone who wants to watch a horror movie. But I'm also going to recommend it, you know... I'm going to recommend it to white people. If you're a horror fan, watch it. Listen to the message they're telling you. Take it to heart. I also uh, recommend it as a gore lover. Oh, yeah. The gore is so good. Let's let's pull back from all the political stuff, because, I mean, it's very... we, We got into a lot of it. The effects, the gore effects in this, are top tier, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, the further progression of Anthony's condition, starting out as a bee sting, and... Ooh. Going all the way up to his neck, up to his face. Ooh. As soon as I saw all the holes, I went, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> ooh, I saw it, and I went, ooh. And then I was looking at it more, and I'm going, Beehive. Yep, me too. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, I get the bees, but I'm like, ugh. The gore was good. The story, aside from the message that we were given, the story was so goddamn good. Continuing on from the 92 film and just catching up with these char- some of these characters later on, and not putting it together until certain points in the movie and going, oh shit, this all ties back. This is all... It kind of makes me want more of these movies, more in the Candyman universe, but I don't know where you could go from here. I don't. You could do an infinite amount of Candyman. Different types, different stories. You could. You definitely could. It's just, it's, for me, it's so ingrained in Cabrini Green in that area. Ugh. Everything that, the tension that they built, the kills that we got to see, the fact that Candyman wasn't seen most of the time. I've been talking a lot. Leanne, what, what else do you have to say? My favorite parts are every time he smiles in his reflection when he smiles. I'm like, oh, gross. It's so creepy and gross. Uh, I. mm. Yeah, so five out of five bees for me. Five out of five bees for me, too. Even though I said a bazillion. Yeah. Yeah. So skewered universe approved. For sure. Highly recommend you guys watch this. I didn't want to spoil it because I know a lot of people saw it, but there's probably a lot more that haven't. Seek this out. Rent it. Buy it. Actually, you know what? Don't just rent it. Buy it. Buy it and support this director. Support the screenwriters. Support the people behind this film by buying this movie. And the actors. And the actors. Everyone involved. Ugh. 
it is it was fantastic. Way better than I expected. Yeah, same here. At no point in time was I bored. Same. Same. And there's sometimes where even a good movie can have those moments where you're like, okay, we're dragging out this a little bit This is the time here. to get up and get popcorn. Yeah. Do you know what I think those moments might have been? Where the puppet shows came in. Had it just been flashbacks of stuff with some narration over it? People would have skipped over like, it. Eh, okay. You could have checked out a bit, but because the puppets were so intriguing and eerie yet beautiful. Yeah. I do like the fact we find out that those paper puppets belong to the kid who encountered the guy at the when he was doing the laundry in the apartment's laundry room. Yeah. I did like that fact that we found out. I'm like, oh, he was making the puppets. Okay. Oh, man. So, yeah, we recommend it. Yeah. So, what do you think we should do for our next episode? Because next week is booked. But after that... You have any ideas? We're going to spitball something here, or... Do we want to wait and see what comes across our plate? Hmm. I don't know. Okay. We'll wait and see. Because next week, as I said at the beginning of the show... You are so stoked. Ding, 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 bitches. The match is going to start. Pro Wrestling Show. There will be five of us on there. Four friends of mine coming on. Two who have never been in the Skewered Universe before, and I am excited for this. Ugh! So much testosterone. Yeah, brother! We will reap the souls of those who don't like pro wrestling. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> yeah, but it was kind of spot on. <laughs> yeah, so in case you can't tell, I am excited to talk about pro wrestling. I know it's outside of the norm of what we do, which is usually movies and shit. Yeah, but it's, but... it's your passion. It's your wheelhouse. Oh my god. I've I've consumed so much pro wrestling. So if you're a pro wrestling fan, make sure you check that show out. And plus, you have a lot of smart takes on it. I try to. A lot of people have a, a lot of opinions, but your opinions are based in kind of facts and statistics. And you're able to call what what's going to happen during a match. I appreciate that. Thank you. That makes me feel better about my... My nerdy passion of pro wrestling. <laughs> no, I think it just comes from watching so much of it, but we'll touch on that next week. Yeah. If you guys want to contact us. Where can they contact us? Oh, well, Leanne, I'll tell you. SkewerUniversePodcast at gmail.com. Now, why would anyone want to email us? Oh, I don't know, because you want to tell us how great we are. You want to tell us how much you don't like the show, how much you do like it. I don't know. Give us any feedback. We'll take it all. What if they have questions? Send your questions. We'll answer them to the best of our ability. Yeah. I mean, don't ask me existential questions because I am not qualified to answer those. Give those to me. I'll give those to Leanne. Yeah, she's qualified. <laughs> she has a doctorate in existentialism? Maybe? I don't know. Sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. You want to find us on Facebook? Just search for Skewered Universe. There's a page. There's a group. You can follow them. You're even on Twitter and Instagram? Yes. We post up there, too. Yeah. I mean, it's... when it comes to that, you know, where you can get the podcast, you can get it like Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Stitcher. Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, all sorts of places. Amazon Audible. It's kind of everywhere. Yeah. If you have an Alexa device, you can go, Alexa, play Skewered Universe. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to hear us. And it's going to fill your house with joy and warmth and a lot of fucking swearing. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I swear like a sailor. <laughs> Cut liquor, fart knocker. Speaking of that, if you want to support the show, you can go over to patreon.com slash skewered universe podcast. 
you can support the show. Help us do what we love, which is bringing you guys entertainment, movie reviews, shows about pro wrestling and video games and whatever else the fuck we want to talk about. We have a 50th episode coming up. Oh, that's going to be good. We got some good stuff uh, planned for that. Oh, yeah. We also plan on doing the commentary for Demon Knight. Demon Knight. And I think actually, after watching this Candyman movie, I think maybe this movie is right for a commentary as well. Even maybe. though we reviewed it, we can discuss maybe doing a commentary for it. Well, Candyman, not it. I have to clarify. Doing a commentary for it, I'm like, do you do it on both new movies? Do you do it on the miniseries? Do we just read you the book for several hours? I don't know. You don't want to hear me read the book it. Anyway, if you support us on Patreon, you can get exclusive Skewered Universe Transmissions episodes where I talk about stuff that's maybe not necessarily right for the main show, or it's stuff that Leanne doesn't have interest in, like a lot of the Marvel movies. She's not a huge fan. She likes some. I've exposed her to some of them, but I am the comic book nerd in this in this duo here. So I'll be the one to talk about things like Spider-Man No Way Home eventually, and I still got to record something on Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. But you can also get those audio commentaries that we were talking about. Go there and support us. It lets us know you guys are enjoying the show. It also allows us to keep doing this thing that we enjoy doing. It also bumps us up in the algorithm so that we're seeing more. Definitely. And if any of those podcatchers you use have the ability to leave a review, why don't you do so? Leave us some reviews. Five stars only, please. Because we're great and we deserve it. <laughs> leave some reviews. That helps us get higher in the rankings. More people will see us. And if you're not someone who likes to listen to them through any of those podcatchers, you can also find us on YouTube. And you can like and subscribe on there. And there's episodes that go up on there at the same time they're available everywhere else. That being said, Leanne, is there anything else you'd like to say before we close this episode out? I love you. Thank you for listening. And suck a bag of dicks. I second that. Suck a bag of dicks. I mean, I love you guys too. Thank you for listening. And keep enjoying that universe that's just a bit... Skewered. Skewered.